Welcome to Wordbeat Poetry. I'm your host, Adam Messer, and this show is all about poetry. I interview poets, and they read some of their poems, and then we talk about what's going on in the poetry world. I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks a lot for listening. All right, welcome everybody, and uh, today I have a very special guest. His name is Brendan Walsh. He's a poet, and Brendan, thank you so much for being with me today on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so everybody, uh, a little background here, um, how I met Brendan. I actually covered your great American poetry crawl for the Savannah Morning News to Savannah, and you came here to Savannah, I believe July the 6th was when you did mm-hmm. the, the book signing at um, East Shavers, yep. which is right down the street here from our studio. We're actually, the studios, uh, from where we were at the bookstore, it's about three blocks down the road, uh, close to the cathedral, the backside of the cathedral. Awesome. Yeah, so, um, and I talked with you on the phone, and then you, you know, we sent the interview over, and you sent that back, sent the article out. And uh, you you invited me to come over to the the reading, and um, I'd never been to a poetry reading before. Um, I came out, brought my friend Ed Susevich with me, and I just I fell in love with it. I thought it was so awesome, Brendan. So I just want to give you a shout out right off right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I think that's like the coolest thing I could ever hear. That was the whole purpose of the tour. I think most poets are not doing this because we think we're going to become rich and famous we're doing this because uh because hopefully we can have like a connection and and create community with other people who either love the art form or just um love the many ways in which people express themselves so i mean yeah i'd love to hear that 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 means the world to me so thank you well let me let me tell you and i i know i told you this off air but i want to share this with the listeners uh so this is how this has impacted me, uh, Brendan. When I was a kid, I used to write poetry a lot. I never shared any of it. Um, and as a young adult, I kind of just got away from it. Every once in a while, I would write something, but nothing much. And uh, I started writing for the paper probably about five years ago. But that that's journalism. You know, it's interviews and things like that. It's not really fiction or poetry or anything like that. And about a year ago, I, I wanted to get into writing fiction. So I wrote a short novella, put that out there, and I've been working on my journey as an author. And when I went to your book reading, um, I was just so inspired. I think I wrote like 50 poems in a couple of days. And, That's amazing. And I put together <clears throat> this, well, like you might have heard the the word beat poetry thing. I was just like, you know what? I have this radio show. I want to do kind of like what you're doing, but with my radio show and talk to poets and put it out there because I was really surprised at how many people love poetry. Yeah, yeah, there's something universal about it. It, it is, uh, I think Tony Morris, the, the um, other author, one of the other authors that I read with in Savannah, um, talked about this a little bit during his reading where it's like, well, it all, all the literary arts, all of, all of our our expression has roots in poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, the examining the beauty of language and the beauty of sound. I mean, there's something universal about it. So even though poetry might not be like the most, uh, 
I guess, like marketable art form, it is universally loved. People, people love it. There, there's something, every, everyone has like a line from a poem or um, a line from a song, which, you know, lyrics are poetry as well. So people internalize poetry and internalize words. So oh, yeah, there is something it. universal about it, you know? I completely agree with you because they're, um, it's so weird in this, this last month or so that I've been talking about, you know, and I put this little book out and whatever. Um, I talk to different people and one of the things that they, that they say is like, Oh, I don't really like poetry. And I say, I say, to, actually, I answered them back with, you know, well, do you like music? And mm-hmm. they'll say, yeah. And I say, well, that's poetry, you know, um, put to music <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, the, the thing is with it is that uh, there have been a couple people. Uh, one of my friends, his name's Matt. He's in the Army. And uh, he, he read it because we're friends. And he just never read poetry. Um, and he fell in love with it. Yeah, I think that you um, you see that a lot. I think that the – I think a lot of it has to do with the basis and the way that poetry is taught in schools to mm-hmm. young children – you have this idea that every poem has to be dissected and like analyzed like it's mm-hmm. like science class, but I <laughs> yeah. don't think that's what it is. I mean, the way that I teach it, the way that I teach poetry to younger people is you're allowed to love something and not know why you love it. You're allowed to read a poem and just think this is the most amazing thing and you don't have to analyze like the rhythm and the meter and all of this all of the structural things if you want to you can but that's not what makes poetry loved what makes oh. it loved is that it that it speaks to us in some way emotionally i agree i agree it's it's almost kind of like being able to drive a car without understanding how the engine works uh, totally yeah <laughs> which i certainly do <laughs> we yeah a lot of us i mean like most people i'm not a mechanic i mean i can do a few things but you know and and my background, um, I did take AP English in high school, so we studied we studied Shakespeare and we studied, we studied a lot of different um, poets and things like that. And I really haven't done that since I was you know since then, um, even mm-hmm. in college with writing classes and stuff like that. I didn't take any literature classes. I took mostly business courses and computer science courses. And um, so for me, the craft of writing, uh, I've had to it's like a self learner, you know, I've had to, you know, watch and read and, and look at other people's works. But one of the things I love about poetry is you don't, you don't have to have anything other than the ability to express what you feel. And you don't even have to do that. Well, if you don't, if, if, if you just start with it, you know, just write like, Oh, well, you know, today I feel blah, <laughs> write that down. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere unless you're, actually writing and yeah. so i think that that we see a lot people finding reasons why they shouldn't create people like to find well i don't want to do this because what if i fail what if someone doesn't like it what if i share it and what if someone laughs me at me whatever yeah yeah well, yeah exactly and and we just have to shed that that fear and create if you feel this impulse to create then you're a creator you just have to do it then you just have to create something and i think everyone has that so yeah, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to get published and, and publish in a bunch of journals and, and have um, uh, publishing companies publish your book, then you'll work harder on it. You'll uh, find other people to critique it. If you just want to write because you really want to write, you don't need to get an MFA to do that. You can just write. 
which I think is important for people to realize. Yeah, I don't think you have to have a degree for anything that you want to do with with writing in general because if you look at the great masters, they you know, a lot of them they didn't go to college. They just wrote and they they went you know, with their peers of the day and you know, they they were around people that were writers and they were, you know, they put their work out. I, I saw something where Herman Melville um, only, there might have been like 3,000 copies printed of his book during his lifetime, you know. and Of Moby Dick? Yeah, and you think about yeah. something like that, you know, only 3,000 copies were printed in his lifetime. And you think about something like that where what the impact of the story, how it carried over, you know, Shakespeare stuff, how it carried through because of the human condition. And mm-hmm. you can look back to the you know ancient philosophers and look at the you, the people from then and today the emotions are the same. Yeah, yeah, it's something that we forget, and uh, we like to create distance between then and now, and think that we are so different now. Um, but yeah, as you said, if you go back five thousand years, or um, if we had anything from ten thousand years ago, people would be feeling the same thing. We're we're scared of being alone we're scared of death we're scared of failure mm-hmm. um and we have intense emotional reactions to so just being alive and joy and all of the other things as well um so yeah writing allows us to express that all all art allows us to express that in some way and, and some people choose writing and other people choose filmmaking but at the end of the day i mean we're just trying to understand this world yeah i i love expressionism because it is a story we're we're telling a story whether it's a painting drawing or per, a piece of poetry or you know a, uh, a written book a movie you know whatever form it is it's all it all boils down to storytelling to me yeah yeah we love stories humans love stories we've been telling them since we had the ability to to, to have you know use words to tell a story it's, it's pretty uh pretty amazing it's one of our great superpowers that's another thing i tell my student we have the superpower to write i mean that's that's essentially what makes humans humans um that's what art does so let's talk um brendan let's talk a little bit about your background where with your writing how did you become interested in poetry and how did you develop that and then you know like you said you I want to talk about the Great American Poetry Crawl too, but I want to start with kind of start back to the beginning where this sure. all started from with you. Yeah, so I I remember a very specific moment. I've talked about this before also on a radio interview, uh, but I remember a very specific moment in second grade where my second grade teacher Mrs. Lynn assigned a just a poem, like write a poem about spring, the the season. And I remember feeling very excited, like this deep, deep excitement that I was going to be able to write down how beautiful I thought this season was. And since then, I have had that same impulse with every experience, every lived experience that I have. I am thinking simultaneously about how I can create this into a piece of writing, into a piece of poetry. So after second grade, I I was writing all the time um, throughout my high school and then in college, I went to a school called Hartwick College in upstate New York, and I had a professor named Carol Frost, who's a very famous poet, um, 
very highly regarded. She was an incredible human being. And I took a poetry class with her. It was called Rebel Poets. Not really knowing. I was just like, oh, Rebel Poets. I'm into poetry. And I'm into rebellion. So let me take this class. And she kind of took me under her wing and uh, introduced me to a lot of incredible poets and opened up doors for me. Um, So it's kind of since then. Since uh, college, I've just been doing this and trying to make something of a career out of it. Um, I've had five books and chapbooks published over the last five years. So it's been a really intense writing um, five years for me. I've had uh, dozens and dozens of poems published in various journals and magazines. Um, It's just something that I have to do. It just feels like necessary. My lived experience doesn't feel complete until I write poetry about it. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. Uh, I can identify (laughs) with that because, you know, when I I remember talking about second grade, when you said that, I remember having um, Miss Beasel was my second grade teacher and (laughs) she was the first one to really uh, show me how to draw. And I had a friend uh, named Derek and, um, he he used to draw and i just you know started i actually started writing in second grade too and as a kid i used to write a lot but um i never thought about it as a career until maybe five years ago or six years ago and i wanted to write for the paper because i was on the high school newspaper staff and i wanted this is something i wanted to like check off and say hey i did this you know professionally mm-hmm. and um so I can totally identify with where you're coming from, you know, having that one moment where you went back to saying, Hey, for me, for the poetry, I can, I can go back to when I went to your great American poetry crawl as that moment for me, for wanting to write poetry. Because I mean, that's so cool. That's I, I awesome. literally, I wrote poetry before, but until I went and saw just the, and felt the power of that, that room and the emotions you know, I, I loved your poetry. I loved listening to Tony and uh, especially loved uh, Melanie's uh, poem. I keep calling it the crown poem, Melanie Goldie. But she mm-hmm. she was on the show last week. I did the, believe it or not, I actually did the first Word Beat Poetry Hour last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had Melanie on and another local poet named Monica uh, Floyd. And she has this one poem um, that it's, it's kind of like about losing everything and then saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to keep believing i'm going to keep working on it and i just i love that i it's actually on the instagram like the little videos on instagram i, I actually videoed her doing it on instagram and, awesome yeah because i want to be able, people to listen to it but I, I i can identify with that having that one moment like okay hey you know this is this is it let me uh brenda i need to do a station id real quick sure all right so everybody thank you for tuning in today you're listening to Muses, Memoirs, and More. I'm your host, Adam Messer, or this is the Word Beat Poetry Hour. It's the Adam Messer Show, whatever. Uh, my special guest today is Brendan Walsh. Uh, he is a poet, and he was here recently in Savannah, and we're on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. So, Brendan, the... The getting out there in front of people, you know, so writing and deciding to write and then deciding to actually hone your craft and and work on being published and that kind of thing. That's one thing. And getting out in front of people and sharing it is another. 
Mm-hmm. How do you, how did you decide that you were willing to share and to, you know, to actually create something like the great American poetry crawl? Um, I, I, I think that poetry is a very public art form. I think that definitely the, the creation of it is private. We all have to write on our own, but I think it's meant to be shared. I think that that community that you're talking about, the, when you're talking about um, how the room felt in e-shavers for the mm-hmm. uh, Great American Poetry Crawl, I mean, there were a significant amount of people in there, and we were all connected through the art form. And I think that's one of the, in my opinion, one of the most important things about poetry is that it is shared. Um, sometimes that's just someone reading a poem out of a book, and that's that's a sh- sharing between two people. But I love the energy. I love the transfer of energy that comes when I get to read one of my poems or I get to sit in the audience and listen to um, another poet read their work. So for me, it has to be public. That's just my own interpretation of the art form. So for the Great American Poetry Crawl, this was sort of a combination of my two favorite things to do, which are to do poetry readings and to travel. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to figure out how to blend these two things. uh, And it, it doing this on tour just seemed like a dream that was possible with enough work. I didn't do it alone. Um, My girlfriend did an amazing amount of work for this. Uh, But this was just this was just a dream. This is the dream of of all the things that I love. Uh, road tripping on the open road, going through cities I've never been to before, meeting poets, meeting um, people and fans of literature that I would never meet in my day to day life. Right. So it was really just that that urge to do that. It was just a dream, and then putting in the work to make that that dream become reality, which is not something that everybody gets to do. So I acknowledge my, my luck and my privilege that I was able to do this with help from so many other people. Well, and, and on top of that, didn't you have a, like car problems? <laughs> like your car broke down Savannah, the day before yeah. and you still made the <laughs> show happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're very, yeah. Uh, my, my car just died when I was in Savannah. I got to Savannah and then I was having some sort of engine trouble. So I was on the way to take it to the mechanic and then the engine just died. So I had to actually get that car towed back to South Florida and I rented a car and continued the tour in a rented car that I got at the Savannah airport. Um, So yeah, I I left my my car in Savannah and then continued on the road trip. Um, But yeah, I mean, the the reading still was awesome. Every other reading that I did was also amazing. I thought it was so. I really thought that when you know you were talking about because you actually wrote a poem about the experience, and I thought it was interesting because that to me it really showed you had a lot of grit, and that you were like, okay, this you know I have this I have this duty to the people that were going to come out to this event. I'm still going to you know you could have canceled it. You could have rescheduled it you could have done a lot of different things but you said no i'm gonna make this happen and i, yeah, I really yes. admired that grit and determination I, I thought it was you know awesome that you know you were having all these problems and car problems can be very frustrating <laughs> so they, and the fact that you turned that into an experience in a, a poem and you shared that experience with everybody yeah. you know that yeah. that to me was like you know this guy you know you one of the things that I've heard from people, talk, you know, because I just I literally the last month is when I started talking about poetry. 
to people. And one of the mm-hmm. things that I um, so at the at the uh, at the thing Friday, there was a guy. Uh, his name is Brian. He's actually a host here on, on WUU as well. He came and um, he told me that he enjoyed the poems that I had shared online, and he wanted to read the book. And I, I was I was really taken aback by that. I thought it was so awesome that he would want to do that. And one of the things he told me was that he enjoyed being able to read my poetry. And that a lot of things out there today um, are obscure and that it almost seems like people are trying to be just over the top out of the way this, you know, obscure, I guess is a good word to put it. Mm-hmm. And I think one one of the things that I agree with is that I've, I've had people say that they don't really like poetry because they feel like, you know, it's pretentious or it's uppity. And... Mm-hmm. I never really thought about poetry much, you know, honestly, but I can understand why people would think that, but it's, it's, to me, that's a stigma. It's a stereotype that is not true. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that there is this, once again, it comes back to the kind of poetry that we teach to people when they're young. So if we're only teaching this poetry that, that does have this, this pretension to it, um, it's going to make people shy away from reading the stuff that, is more just like for for everybody to read. I mean, most poets write with the assumption that any person can just pick it up and read it. So yeah, I I understand that, and I and I also agree to some extent that there's a lot of difficult to read poetry that is not for everybody. Um, but I think that's part of the amazing um, aspect of the art form is that there is so much of it and there's so many people creating it mm-hmm. that there is something for everybody. It just takes a little bit more time to find what works for you. And so speaking of that, um, can you read something for us right now? And then I want to talk a little bit more uh, getting into how, how people can broach that, um, I guess, the barrier to reading poetry. You know, mm-hmm. So would you mind reading something for us? Yeah, do you have anything in mind? Well, I like I, the one that I, I picked up was the Buddha versus Bonobo. And uh-huh. when you when you explained this to me over the interview that you write poetry about animals, I, I, mm-hmm. I had no idea what you meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like literally I had no idea. And I love the one that she owns the jungle. Um, oh, perfect. That's on page 13. And by yeah. the way, everybody, I'm going to plug Brendan right now. If you're here in Savannah, you can pick up his books at E. Shaver Booksellers right down the street from the studio. Um, I would encourage you. And they're, they're autographed copies, right, Brendan? Uh, yeah, yeah. I signed them all. So yeah, it should so be... you can pick up an autographed copy, <laughs> which I love. Awesome. Pick. All right. Would you, would you mind? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a poem about bonobos, which are... Uh, our great ape cousins, uh, they live in the Congo, so I make reference to that. And they're a very peaceful um, species of ape. So unlike chimpanzees and unlike humans, obviously. Um, bonobos don't kill each other. They um, solve all of their problems peacefully. Um, so I kind of wrote this, you know, imagining what the, the philosophy and what the religion of a bonobo might actually look like. Um, and another thing about bonobos is that they are um, matriarchal. So females are actually the, the highest ranking individuals in bonobo society. So this is called She Who Owns the Jungle. 
A plot of grass burdened by her weight burns hay yellow in Congolese heat. Heat, a word she has no use for, nor any words. Grossile, habitat, omnivorous. She sits all day soaking sun warmth, tar-tuft fur baking a body strong and lazy. Males approach hobbling tall, then retreat to their knuckles at her feet. She is sated on pomelo fruit and dismisses each, fructose fat, too tired for sex, until her favorite ambles over, a graying male with no name. They learn faces, feet, palms, kindness, not names. Propositions her as he does, as they all do, when ripe fruit is picked and noon cripples production. She examines him, elongated crotch, deep eyes, and lies down, opening a thigh banquet, more ripeness between her legs. She, jungle queen, accepts her servant's offer, accepts him fully as she can be nourished and satisfy and hunger again. No war, no squabbles, the jungle fruited by her, for her. I, I love that poem. It reminds me so much of relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it also talks a lot about fidelity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the Bonobo Society is sort of uh, structured around um, promiscuity. So the females kind of have their pick of, of whoever they want, and that's sort of a way that they solve all of their problems. Um, which is interesting, and it leads to a lot less uh, violence in their community. So uh, that's, uh, that's really awesome. Hey, let me um, let me do the station break real quick, and then we'll be sure. back. We'll be back in about two minutes. Tonight on WRUU, tune in at six thirty for Random Note, a themed magical musical journey at eight in the pocket presents jazz funk soul gospel and more at nine evening eclectic is a show with no musical boundaries and at 11 we bring you an hour of locally produced music our latest schedule is always at wruu.org thanks for listening how many times have you heard wruu's corporate underwriting message if you remember it, then your potential customers will remember your message as well. We are offering this space to connect corporate and institutional partners with our loyal and active listeners. Underwriting on WRUU is short, so listeners don't tune out. It's exclusive, so your message won't be lost in advertising clutter, and it supports Savannah's only community radio station. For a marketing package to increase your reach beyond traditional media, Email underwriting at wruu.org. WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 
107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. All right, and welcome back, everybody. You're listening to WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And if you're just now tuning in, um, this is the Muses, Memoirs, and More show. I'm your host, Adam Messer. And my special guest today is poet Brendan Walsh, who was recently here in Savannah at E. Shaver Booksellers doing his great American poetry crawl. Brendan, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I've really enjoyed our discussion so far. My pleasure. Thank you. And you just read uh, She She Who Owns the Jungle. Uh, right before the break, and I wanted to ask you um, with poetry for so for example, how would one broach the gap in order to start reading poetry, or maybe going to a poetry show, or just uh, if they're interested in it but they really don't know where to start, where where's a good place to to check it out? That's an awesome question. Uh, if you want to get involved in like open mics they're always open mics and pretty much any any city town in america you can um i mean find them through any social media um or just do a google search honestly when i first moved to south florida that's one of the first things i did because i wanted to plug into the poetry community um because i had left behind a poetry community in new haven connecticut um so yeah i just kind of googled and found meetups and um, facebook events and all of that um and it was an interesting place uh, interesting way to go and find like other poets other people writing um as far as reading goes uh there are so many amazing young writers writing now um i would advise people to look into the work of Ocean Vung or Hanif Abdurraqib um, if you want to like examine some like other poetry that I that I really love I mean Mary Oliver who recently died um, this this year actually um, is an awesome poet to to start with uh, she writes just the most incredible sort of like joyous but also deeply sad and longing poems about um nature mostly and that reverence i think is really important and i think her language is is not trying to hide anything her language is just trying to like make the world seem more more bright and vibrant um yeah i mean there's so much there's so much to examine um is that a good place to start you know three names i would say just just google just Google, you know, what's happening? Where, where are the poetry readings happening in mm-hmm. my town, in my city? Because they're happening everywhere. And actually, Melanie Goldie, who was um, at the Great American Poetry Crawl, and she was on the show here, she has an open mic, uh, I believe, every Tuesday night at the Sentient mm-hmm. Being. So I think that's that's really cool that you said that, about you know going to an open mic and then just checking yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. Definitely for like uh, someone who's just starting even if you don't want to read just to go mm-hmm. um, and, and support other people and see if it's something that you might be interested in, in being a part of. Yeah. I think that's an awesome thing to do. There are always, people are always want an audience at open mic. So yeah, go, you know, go and check it out. You're not gonna, you're not gonna regret, you know, meeting interesting people and, and going to a cool event. So mm-hmm. definitely do that. 
Speaking of cool events, let's talk about your uh, Great American Poetry Crawl. You went all sure. up and down the East Coast, and Savannah was like your second stop on the tour, right? Yep. So tell me, yeah, tell so... me about that um, that whole experience and the the journey there. Oh, so I mean, it was. I, I still can't believe it's over because it was uh, so much anticipation, and then like all things that you anticipate, they happen faster than you can possibly imagine. But yeah, I started here in South Florida, where I currently am, in, in Hollywood, which is just north of Miami. Um, my my first stop was Jacksonville, then I went to Savannah, Wilmington, North Carolina, Richmond, Virginia, Baltimore, New Haven, Connecticut, um, back down to Charleston was my last uh, city. So it was like a, a whirlwind tour. I was road tripping the entire time, so I'd spend a couple days in each city speaking with the authors that I um, performed with and interviewing uh, lovers of poetry, lovers of writing, people that own bookstores, people that run poetry events, um, and cataloging it for this uh, little web series that I'm putting together right now and editing. Um, yeah, it, it was an incredible, incredible journey. The car trouble that you mentioned before was definitely unanticipated, and it made everything a bit more difficult and a lot more expensive. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're made stronger by these things that um, that we're, we don't anticipate. And I think grit, the word grit that you used before is like, it's a great test of grit. And it's a great test of like, how are you going to, how are you going to manage to still have the experience that you want to have, knowing that a lot of things are not going to go according to plan. Um, somehow I did that. I think my support system, all the people in my life that, that love me and take care of me, um, made it possible. Um, and the fact that I was able to be doing something that I love, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to, hard to complain when your car breaks down, but you're still touring, reading poems in really amazing cities. So, um, yeah, it was an incredible experience, and I'm still trying to process it. Um, too many great memories, too many amazing people. I sold out of um, all of my new book, which is super cool. Um, so it's just amazing to think that my uh, my work is out there, and it's in people's hands, and um, hopefully I had a positive effect wherever I went. That's all I can hope for. I, I loved it. I, I followed along on your Instagram page, um, and I think that's where you mostly posted about it on the uh, yep. Great American Poetry Crawl Instagram. Mm -hmm. And on my, like I mentioned earlier, I had uh, actually videoed some of when you were here. And so on my Instagram TV thing, there's actually, if you if you want to check it out, you all listen, you can actually check out Brendan and Tony and Melanie on the videos when he was here in Savannah. So I think that's kind of cool, you know, that they can listen to it and watch it and check it out. And I think uh, some other people posted videos too, um, in the different cities you're in, right? Yeah. 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 There, there's, uh, all sorts of, uh, documentation of it, which is, which is very cool. I think um, today's, in today's world, I mean, we have access to, to so much and everybody has the, uh, journalistic ability to document things and share. Um, and I, I think that's one of the neat experiences that we have in today's world. You know, like this radio show and our interview and your tour, even 10 years ago, might not have been the same experience or might not have been the same thing. 
just because absolutely not yeah. just the way the social media and internet works today and even uh publishing you know i self-published my book um i didn't go through a regular publisher but you know i put a book out mm-hmm. and yeah. everybody has access to going whatever route they want to go so i think that's one of the things i liked about your poetry was that it's very approachable um it's very deep I mean, when i read the book i had to think about it. i was like oh, you know this is <laughs> this is uh, this is very deep into the human condition so good 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 yeah i mean it's uh as you said yeah it, w- it would not have been possible in the way that it was possible um yeah even 10 years ago so for that i'm very grateful of course there are a lot of um there are a lot of problems with how connected we are but um if we can use these powers that we have to to bring people together in a positive way then um you know we're doing the best that we can Mm -hmm. and i think the great american poetry crawl is an example of of bringing people together for really positive like positive energy um you know i donate the 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 author royalties for my book sales to to various organizations that do positive work so trying to have the the most uh the, the the best benefit for for more people than than just myself and my own like gratification and satisfaction that's that's really neat uh brendan can you read uh another poem for us yeah um so i can read uh if i'm just reading out of buddha versus bonobo so the this is the last poem in the book that i actually when i was reading it in savannah i broke down crying (laughs) i remember that yeah you were so touched and deep yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, when I when I sort of think about when I wrote this poem, I was working in an office at a university in Connecticut, and as much as I love the people that I work with, uh, that I worked with at that time, uh, I was just all I was thinking about was being somewhere else. All I could think about was was breaking free and living in the tropics, which is amazingly what I do now. Um, so I thought about. Uh, thought about just leaving thought about getting out of getting out of the northeast getting out of the cold um being free because that's ultimately what so many of us want um so it's called a longing a longing the concrete crust of cities oblivion cracked and crumbling outside office windows think of departing think of journeys and sky emptiness, beaches tiptoed by fiddler crabs dragging fist claws at the precipice of sand and sea. Think thunder and days dripping down corrugated tin roofs when nothing was thought. Think fruit trees, banana, tamarind, in an Indian village where sugarcane caramelizes heat-sweetened breath, apple in cool autumn Connecticut, cider donuts frying out steel food truck walls with wine tasting down the orange-leafed roadway, avocado fenced in a Lao woman's backyard and beyond an expanse of simmering rice patties. Freedom feels weightless throughout each bone. When the fish are caught, fruit foraged, 
lands all a vastness, unintelligible and unimportant, a million departures. That is incredible. That actually was the reason why I wanted to have a copy of your book. When you read that poem, and it was so, I could I could just so I could feel the emotion. You were you were crying, um, mm-hmm. and I I wasn't really sure if you were crying because you were happy or sad or like a mixture of being overwhelmed. Um, I think it's probably all of those things. You know? <laughs> That's what I was that, thinking. That... I was like, <laughs> you know, because here here you were doing this thing, and you were sharing this, and the your explanation before you just read this. It makes so much sense because I think a lot of us feel that way. Like, uh, you know, if we're sitting in a job that maybe we don't like, or you know, maybe if we're doing something that pays the bills, but it's not exactly where our heart should be, mm-hmm. I, could, I think we can all identify it with this. You know, wanting to be somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, we 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 oftentimes like we think of things sort of on a binary, like it's either this or it's that, or it's like right or it's wrong or whatever, mm-hmm. but. There's so much going into every moment, and there's such such a massive array of emotions that we're experiencing. So we're never just sad. We're we're never just happy. We're happy, um, but we might be overwhelmed. Um, we might be anxious. We might be nervous, or or we're sad, but we're also grateful. There's so many emotions, right? And and it's hard to capture that, especially in writing. Um, but you know, hopefully, hopefully, I did an okay job doing that, and that's probably why I started crying because I was just overwhelmed. With, you know, I was happy, but I was also, you know, feeling overwhelmed and you had a lot like, going on uh, too. Yeah, I mean, like lot, you literally had a lot happening. going on, <laughs> and that's that's a very that's a very true and real uh, feeling. I mean, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people try to cram that down and hide it and sh- and not show it to anybody else. I mean, that's that's sort of what we're, we're told to do. Um, I think especially uh, as men, men are told we can't have um, emotions that make us appear vulnerable. And when that happens, people get really, really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've cried at so many poetry readings now. It doesn't really it doesn't make me feel weird or anything. But I think it definitely definitely bothers people, not makes them upset, but makes them think like, well, why is this guy? Why is this guy? crying he looks so masculine he looks like he's so in control but like uh no man i'm just you know i'm just a human mm-hmm. I, you know? I uh i agree with you um let me do a station id real quick sure all right um you're listening to wruulp savannah georgia 107.5 fm org. we are savannah soundings community radio with global soul i'm your host adam messer and my special guest today is poets brendan walsh and Brendan, thank you. Um, you've been reading some of your poetry and talking about um, the emotions and and not just the emotions, but also the the actions um, behind y- your poetry life. And you do some really interesting things. Um, I didn't have a chance in the article to talk about it, but do you mind if we talk about your strongman um, stuff sure. that you do? Because th- this is <laughs> yeah. like you know part of who you are, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. The okay, so I don't know much about your strongman stuff other than the stuff that you post. Can you tell me about that? And like, okay, for everybody out there, the strongman are you you are you getting ready for the strongman competition or? 
Yeah, so so strongman is a sport. It's uh, like a essentially odd object lifting. So you've probably seen it on TV with World's Strongest Man, the guys. It's like who, big heavy boulders um, and yeah, logs yeah, and things like that. Up, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, log lifting, stone lifting, keg throwing, all of this stuff. So I do that. I compete in the lightweight division. I actually I qualified for the nationals competition, but I'm going to bow out of that. That that would be coming up in the next few weeks, and I just felt once again overwhelmed by all the other things that were happening mm -hmm. um but this past year i i got um second in florida's strongest man in the 175 weight class and i got um i got second in miami's baddest which was another big uh, statewide competition so i've been doing doing pretty well with the strongman stuff it is kind of interesting to reconcile these two lives that i have um the one where I'm I'm crying at poetry readings, and the other where I'm uh, lifting up logs and you know walking heavy boulders really and stuff objects. like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so, cool because man, uh, I really I, I really do because I, I think you know you don't have to be one thing, and if you if you like something, you can explore that, and if it's an avenue that you want to go down, you can you can go down as far as you want to. And yeah, I, I mean we're we're lucky to. Uh, to be able to do that. And we're lucky to, to have the ability to express ourselves um, physically and also intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, whatever. And yeah, you can't limit yourself. You can't because you don't want to feel as though you've left something undone. And I think if I wasn't doing strongman and if I wasn't writing poetry, I would definitely feel like I'm leaving some part of my life unexamined mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I don't know i'm just incredibly grateful once again community the strongman community is a really welcoming and kind community often like a, just like the poetry community in many ways they're different kinds of people but they're still um community based they're kind to one another um people are rooting for one another um so yeah i, I just it, it's really cool Give me one second. I'm, I'm actually, um, I was looking, when I was looking at your stuff earlier, I came across um, an article that you wrote uh, called We Are Not What We Think We Are. Okay. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a couple of years ago, I think. Um, Was it on my um, blog or was yeah, it, it was on, on uh... it was on your blog. I'm just trying to pull it back okay. up, but I, I just thought it was really interesting how you were talking about you know you were getting into it and it was something that you wanted to do and I, I love how you, you know, the progression of what you've done. It, it's not coming up right now on Google, but um, I love how you have taken that and you've you've set these goals and you've worked towards attaining those goals and you've had success with your goals. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, I don't think any of us can take full credit for that. The success that I've had is because of so many other people helping me. Right, right. Um, not, no, no one does anything alone. Everyone's doing something because other people have helped them. So mm -hmm. even though the, 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 the accomplishments might seem like uh, individual accomplishments, like um, doing this in a strongman competition or, or publishing this poem, it's really like it's on the backs of, of everybody that has helped me along the way. It's kind of like when you're talking um, about professor Frost, um, Frost was helping yeah. you out in the beginning and you know, that she opened up a lot of doors for you. So you said, 
And yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, that we have we our our people relationships, our connections that we have with other people, um, that we don't think about it. a lot of times uh, wh- how much work we're putting in. There's always somebody there that's rooting you on, or you're supporting you, or, or saying, "Hey, you know, you can do this." Um, yeah, we 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 are like so deeply reliant on on other people and the people in our lives. And it's easy to lose track of that when you get something, you say like, oh, I, I won this award, so I did this. Mm-hmm. None of us are doing anything on our own. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think I, I think when you have to look at it and you say, well, yeah, who, who were those people that helped me along the way, uh, that gave me an encouraging, you know, nice word or two, or someone who, who just helped me out when I needed it, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't even ask for it. Yeah, I mean, that's actually, when I was in Savannah, this is like an interesting little thing that you just reminded me of. Um, I was waiting. I was after the reading. I I needed to get to the airport to get my rental car. And I was uh, waiting outside at my car, waiting for the tow truck to come to tow it away back to South Florida. And it started raining. It was like really rainy that Sunday, right? I don't know if you recall. And it was just this horrible downpour. I was in the middle of this uh, random parking lot in Savannah. I had no idea where I was and I couldn't shield myself from the rain. So it was just miserable. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, this woman pulls up and she just gives me an umbrella and she was like, just take this umbrella. And then she just drove away. Oh, wow. Um, so it was like this, this amazing, like kindness of strangers moment where you're just, um, you're in awe of someone noticing that another person is like suffering in some way going out of their way to give you something without any any hope of you returning that favor. Yeah. Um, which I, I probably speaks to the people that live in Savannah um, and also speaks to just people in general. People, people really want to help other people out, um, sometimes just because they, they just want to do a nice thing for another person. I agree with you on that. I think you um, – for me, giving – to other people it is so much more rewarding um than receiving and i yeah for sure you know it could be it could be sharing an idea or a thought or it could be you know giving someone an umbrella or a rain jacket um so it's 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 really incredible brendan would you mind i have a, a special request here sure um <laughs> <laughs> there is the I just had it. Where is it? Okay, I'm sorry. It's one of your poems. Okay, here it is. On page 22, Bonobo Freedom. Mm-hmm. Would you read that one for us? Of course. Bonobo Freedom. When all had left, our vicious brothers, our naked cousins stirring to stop their lengthening legs, the lack infecting their waking. We felt forest hush and music in unfettered movement. Clouds moved over us, choked with torrents. Leaves uncurled, our world's torment vanished. That is amazing. Will you read bonobo nirvana now yep um bonobo nirvana i keep saying 
uh, Bonobo wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, no worries. I think it's all all good. <laughs> Bonobo Nirvana. Hands everywhere. Rock knuckles. Leather palms. Lifelines running horizontal. Sea to tree. Fingernails, bone thick and bronze. Muscled thumbs. Yearning hands after midday feasts. Fingers filling forests and freeing canopies. The man war gone. Gunfire thunder gone. What remains is the echo emptiness of hands drumming tree trunks. That is amazing. I, I love those two poems together. I don't know Thank why, you. but I just felt like it. I know you had part one and part two of the book, but I mm. felt like they were part of the same poem when I was. Yeah. So there, there, there's three. Um, there's uh, In the middle is the, the uh, Bonobo knowledge, Bonobo uh, freedom and Bonobo nirvana. Mm -hmm. um, so knowledge, freedom and nirvana are like these three um, stages of like uh, development in Buddhism. Um, so I sort of model it after that and like, how would a bonobo interpret these ideas? Mm. Wow. I cannot believe it's been so already like almost an hour. Brendan. I could do oh, this all day. Um, <laughs> where could somebody find information about your work? Yeah. So I'm just at brendanwolfpoetry.com. That's my website that has, um, links to all my work, all of the publishers that have published my various books and, and um, all of the uh, online publications and stuff and, and information about where I might donate my author royalties to. It has a link to my blog. It has, yeah, pretty much everything about me. So brendanwalshpoetry.com. I'm on Instagram on, at two locations. Uh, Brendan Walshy is my personal one and then Great American Poetry Crawl is uh, the tours page and we'll be updating the tours page a little bit more as I finish editing these videos. Well, that is amazing. Thank you, Brendan, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And uh, everybody that is, um, that is Brendan B R E N D A N and then Walsh W A L S H.com. Brendan, thank you very much for being on the show today and sharing with us. We're, I definitely would like to have you back on again. Uh, yeah, because I, I just feel like there's so much we could talk about um, with your poetry and, and just poetry in general. I agree. Yeah, anytime, Adam. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you uh, for listening today. Uh, up next is Savannah at Night. Hey, thanks so much for listening into my podcast today. And uh, let me know what you think. I really would love to hear from you. Uh, you can hit me up on social media at uh, facebook.com slash author Adam Messer. Twitter is A-D-M-E-S-S-E-R. Instagram, A-D-A-M-M-E-S-S-E-R. Or on my website, www.adammesser.net. Love to hear from you. Thanks.